0: Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trek podcast. The podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to discuss the Chicago Red Stars trade window, transfer window, lots of things happening for the Chicago Red Stars in the offseason ahead of the 2022 expansion draft and 2022 NWSL draft. We're going to get into everything that's been happening, a lot of movement for Chicago. A lot of announcements that they've been making, a lot of player departures, and uh, there's so much uh, to dive into. And I uh, couldn't do anything alone. No one could ever do anything alone. So I'm here to break all that down with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, AKA The Scam Originator. Claire, how you doing today?
1: I'm good, I'm fine. It, You know, it's kind of chilly outside, but that's about it. It's like permanent permanent like sinus inflammation season, which is all right. It is what it is, I guess.
0: It is what it is, I guess. Uh, I mean, I also am finding off some like, uh, I don't know what it is. It's like a mix of congestion and and other fun things. Combination of bad holiday choices and not wearing the right coat at the right time. So that's a bummer. Uh, And then in between all that, having to cover whatever is happening out of Chicago uh, also makes you feel bad. A little bit. yeah. Let's maybe that real. could give
1: you that could give you a little bit of a cold. Maybe, you know, the
0: Chicago Red Stars made me sick. <laughs> yeah. What about that? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I mean, let's hop into it. I think the last uh, the last time our listeners joined us, um, we chatted a bit about uh, that ending to their twenty twenty one season uh, where the Red Stars came up short. In the NWCL championship final, we took a deep dive into what happened, um, post loss, right. Uh, the sort of 48 hours following that loss in the championship final, where there was a resignation in the middle of the night from, uh, Rory Dames that was accepted by the club. And, uh, then just about 10 to 12 hours later, uh, a report from the Washington post detailing, um, Allegations in history of verbal abuse from from Rory Dames, um, specifically in the eras of 2014 to to 2017. So we took a deep dive on that and then we ended out that episode talking about some trade rumors that, that was happening. And now with this episode, we're going to get a chance to talk about official business because the trade window essentially closed and team has participated in, in that window. And uh, a lot of clubs sort of making deals with the two expansion sides coming in. And Chicago was a big part of that as well. So let's just put it out in terms of the bullet points. Chicago Red Stars, uh, with their trade window, they ended up uh, negotiating deals with three teams uh, for about six players or so. Julie Ertz and Sarah Gordon headed over to Angel City for roster protection, essentially, I think along with uh, an international pick a draft pick, if I recall correctly. Uh, Katie Johnson, Mackenzie Doniak, and Kelsey Turnbull uh, headed over to San Diego Wave FC for roster protection. And I think it was $25 in allocation money. And Nikki Stanton heading to O.L. rain to be in her home sta- uh, state of Washington uh, for a third-round draft pick coming up in this year's draft, uh, I believe, and that sort of closed out this trade window for uh Chicago and this was prior to any additional moves that uh, have been made and uh, have been announced recently we're going to get into those too, but we want to maybe focus and give a reaction a little bit on on these on these main moves that kind of kicked off and opened up uh the trade window but I, I think our general vibe <laughs> when we were taking a look at some of these moves we were like that's weird that's
1: suspicious yeah like, it's, it was it was a weird vibe it was a
0: weird vibe when it got announced
1: I mean, yeah, it's a bad deal. They're bad deals. Um, they're they're not good. Um, I think the Angel City, the Angel City uh deal was just for uh expansion protection. Um, the San Diego deal, I don't know, you can maybe call it slightly better in that Chicago got twenty-five thousand uh dollars in allocation money. Um, they also gave up more, you know. Um it's one of those things where it's like from a purely soccer standpoint, um, it's like indefensible essentially. And then, so then you look at the other circumstances and you're like, well, those also seem bad. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I, it's something that I don't really know what to do with, to be honest, because I think that if if, if we didn't know the context of all of the off the field reporting, or, I mean, I guess there hasn't been a ton of off the field reporting, just what we got from, from the Washington post. Um, and then, you know, the team said that a number of the players wanted to play closer to home, um, which I certainly understand. And I'm very happy for the players to be able to do that. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, but basically again, you, <sighs> Chicago gave a lot out and didn't get enough back. And so now they're sitting without a, a ton of assets to even rebuild what, what they've lost. And so yeah, that, I mean, you, you want to talk just purely again, just purely soccer. Like I don't know how you let these players go without getting more back because now I don't know what exactly you had. They had enough money to pull their U S core off of us allocation, but that was going to happen eventually anyway and they don't have a first round draft pick in this upcoming draft. They, I, I don't know what they do now. Um, because they've gotten nothing from these, from these moves other than maybe, you know, a slight bit of, of goodwill by not holding anybody hostage, I guess. I don't know. What do you, I don't know. What what do you think, Sandra? It's, it's tough. It's tough.
0: Um, yeah, I think that you know, if we want to keep it to soccer, right? Uh, the fact of the matter is, when you're talking about a professional sport, um, sometimes there are winners and sometimes there are losers. Um, like if you play in a big game, turns out the Chicago Red Stars know this better than anybody. Uh, sometimes if you play in a big game, uh, you know, in the end of 90 minutes or extra time or penalties, whatever. Um, there is oftentimes a winner and a loser. Yeah. And I think when it comes to talking about this kind of stuff, that also rings true. When you're talking about pro sports, you talk about all the moves and all the things that are happening. And the perception is that the Chicago Red Stars are on the loser end of uh, of this trade window. Um, and yes, of course, all of the wording coming out of the club and uh, the press releases uh, and all of their very long and lengthy and very um wordy kind of releases um are of course you know talking about and feeding uh sort of rehashing out those uh those silver linings you know even within that initial release talking about hey we made roster moves ahead of the expansion draft a lot of it you know within it was talking about how the chicago red stars uh did this because they wanted to be the good guy right and um I think if you're talking about pro sports, that's, that should be like unnecessary, but the Red Stars felt it necessary to include that is part of it. I mean, they literally at one point in this really used the word reluctantly. Right. Um, So that's very weird. Just again, just more weird energy coming out of the club uh, in light of everything um going on around it but in terms of yeah how me Sandra I feel about it yeah I would absolutely take a look at all the 10 teams or 12 teams now in front of us and take a look at all the moves that have been made and in terms of the two categories of winners and losers I would absolutely put the Chicago Red Stars in the loser category um especially when you're talking about the amount of players that you lost yeah in this trade yeah. window and the narrative that you're trying to put out being we we traded so many players to save so many players and then you're kind of like okay i guess right uh nobody else gave up this just, many players nobody else no, gave but up you're also six looking, players exactly yeah. so you're also looking at the landscape right the trade window landscape and nobody else did this right <laughs> nobody else nobody else did the chicago did this um and maybe a big part of it was because there were conversations with players and and you know those requests were accommodated uh because after you know, a long season like that. We heard it all year. Um, that these players um, you know, went through a real grind. Yeah. In twenty twenty one. We've heard it t- time and time again, especially now that they've closed, um, you know, they've flipped the page to the next chapter in their respective careers. Um, we're even seeing in some of the goodbyes and some of the departures of these players, they are thinking their teammates. They yeah. are taking they are thinking their teammates and the fans. And are thinking the fans. Yep. And the teammates
1: and a number of them specifically shouted out the city as well. The city of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. City
0: of Chicago rules. So uh, the city of Chicago, the fans and their teammates. So. um, You know, it's there's a there's a lot in there that I'm sure that people are looking at and they're just maybe kind of in the same kind of looking at it in the same lens that 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 we're looking at it and um we're also trying to look at it in that in that soccer lens in that soccer business lens, right of course and so we're just kind of like geez uh so you're trading away all these players to save what you're considering a a significant chunk of your current roster you're trading away six players to save you know six other starters question mark you know there's there's again there's just a lot that's uh There was a lot more questions than than anything else coming out um, uh, from, from that kind of move. And then when you're looking at the move specifically that they made with the two expansion sides, right. Not removing oil rain and Nikki Stanton from this, this whole thing. Right. You know, it's two expansion teams. So looking into the expansion draft event, it, you know, Chicago was going to have to try to come up with what a protected list for both of these teams to, to, to choose from. And it was, you're able to, the rules were stating that you were able to protect nine and only one allocated player, right? So you're thinking, gosh, that's, you know, maybe that's really tough for a team like Chicago that has so much, you know, talent that has been together for a long time, you know, experienced players, um, you know, league veterans, um, and coupled with um, a ton of allocated players, you know, and then you're looking at the fact that they made a move to take four of those players off of US soccer's books. Right. The trade is weird. It's even weirder now. Right. It's all the more weird. It's even weirder now looking at the moves, you know, pro- post um, double expansion sign. And if you have two teams and you're looking at the deal with Angel City, which was Sarah Gordon and Julie Ertz, and then you're looking at the deal with San Diego, which was Katie Johnson, McKenzie Doniak, and Kelsey Turnbull, and both of those were to yield back roster protection I'm sorry I still I still think <clears throat> I still think that you make that deal with one of those teams and you right. dare the other team you right you dare the
1: other team well I mean the one that I, the thing I come back to is who on the in the angel city deal who's the add-on who's the free add-on here it's either Sarah Gordon or Julie Ertz and how possibly is one of those players a free additional add-on for nothing in return And I understand Angel City, actually, they're not like swimming in assets right now either. I get that. But that's like their deficit that they're running on. So if your relationship has eroded so completely with both of these players that one of them is a free add-on, like that's really bad. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that, you know, oh, the team isn't going to win a single game next year or anything like that, but that's poor management. That's incredibly poor management. Yeah. Because Cassandra, like who's the add-on there? <laughs> Who is like the extra? Who's the person you let walk? It's like waving one of them. It's essentially like waving either Julie Ertz or Sarah Gordon, which is wild to me. Yeah.
0: It's uh it's insane. It's not wild yeah. to me. It's absolutely yeah. insane. I think, I think as you put it, it's poor management. And I think that also puts that puts a bigger spotlight in all of this darkness, right. And who's making these decisions. Yeah. Who's got the final say, you know, there's, they, they bid farewell to Rory Dames, right. Who, uh, as many people have come to learn, had a terrible history in his coaching tenure with the red stars. Um, And now they went into what was arguably like one of the biggest off seasons for every club really this is the first ever double expansion year in this league um so they went into this without a head coach and a gm so um there's questions about like what's the move there and, and, and who's in the room making those those decisions for for this type of stuff these conversations that players are having these player requests that they are supposedly you know um adhering to and trying to you know make happen who who is the person that's saying yes okay we will get you to to California where you want to be and um <clears throat> yeah it's just uh I'm sorry I just there are no games right now. So the thing that we have to analyze and critique yeah. are the moves are the offseason Gotham, moves
1: Gotham got one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in allocation money for one player for Kalen Sheridan. Who amazing by all intents and purposes, based on that press release, also said I would like to pursue other opportunities.
0: Yeah, congratulations to to Oliver Bush, West, and Suzanne Lee yeah. for making a great, great move. Right, in which they both, number one, were able to accommodate a player's wishes. Yep, and B, get something great for their club. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's just it's tough. I think you look at these two t- two trades. And I look at that as one. I think if you can't, if you are being for, if you feel like you're getting being forced into a corner, if you feel like your hands are tied in some type of way with the two teams, I think you do your best to make a deal with one of those teams and you absolutely have to dare. The the other other team you have, at this point you're at least giving yourself the opportunity to protect nine of your players.
1: Right. It also, I would also say when you talk about like not, not fully, understand well first of all literally not knowing who's making these decisions they have Rod a who is the team's goalkeeping coach and became one of the assistant coaches um after Scott Parkinson left they have him listed as the interim head coach as everybody knows every single press release that they put out is simply attributed to the Chicago Red Stars as if the organization had gained sentience um so the Turnbo element let's talk about that so oh man yeah first of all, I'm like, well, does, does this person who is making this decision not understand what they're giving up here? Cause they're giving up something huge in Kelsey Turbo. Yeah. Maybe they say, Oh, San Diego doesn't make the deal. If we don't include turbo. Okay. Don't do the deal. Leave Johnson yeah, I, and Doniak yeah. unprotected, yeah. but per then their wishes, back, you
0: know, Then go look back
1: at, <laughs> and then go, go, go back and talk to angel city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then, you know, something like this happens. People go, oh, maybe Trimbo didn't want to come. Great. How is that better? Like, how is that a better reason <laughs> if, if you have literally one of the top three, if not top two players in college soccer that you picked up and in a steal, not yeah, want to come play for absolutely. your club? Absolutely. You know,
0: and and- For those who are listening, if you come here, you obviously come here for the Chicago Red Stars that's who we are. And that's what we do here. Um, But if you are one of those people in the event, you don't watch collegiate soccer. Kelsey Turnbow is absolutely. Absolutely. The walk of the talk of the hype. Yeah. And she has had if you have paid attention in any capacity to the last two, even just two years. Of collegiate soccer Turnbo is going to be all right yep for years and there's fre- there's frequently you know discussions of of a struggle right for for players to you know young players to make that turn you know and make that leap into into pro uh, professional soccer but there are also those players who you know are going to be all right. And we've seen that happen with somebody like an Emily Fox. We've seen that happen. Somebody like a Trinity Rodman. And we're going to see that happen with somebody like a Kelsey Turnbull. So <clears throat> there there's there's yes, I mean, I'm with you 100% buddy that. You know, perhaps that 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 was part of those conversations. But again, we don't we don't know. Yeah, we don't know um, because within within that release, there's absolutely nothing about Kelsey Turnbull. Right. Um, right. in that there's a statement from Doniak. there's a statement from Johnson, you know, both Cali kids excited to be heading home. Yep. Um, and nothing from, from Turnbull. Right. You know? Right. Um, so it's, it's hard to gauge if that was something where it was, uh, you know, her team or, or like this player doesn't want to come to your franchise, you know, what, what was happening with that there, but she was included. Right. So, uh, right. a big part of this is, is that,
1: I also want to say, I do want to quickly say that that's conjecture. We haven't heard anything about Turbo not wanting to come play for Chicago. That right. That is just when you're, you're just looking for reasons why you would do something like this, because if she was willing to come play for the club, I don't get it at yeah, all. I,
0: I, am, I imagine like the other side of my brain is like, well, I imagine if this player is willing to come to the club, you do everything you can to try to, you know, keep, keep her there. Right. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, there's there's all that stuff like you said, Claire. Like, does San Diego make that trade if Turbo's not a part of it, right? So there's just all that that stuff that comes into light. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I agree with uh, making the the moves for for double expansion roster protection. I think I think you have to try to get at least one. Yeah. And then I think you have to roll the dice with the other. That is absolutely the whole point of these expansion drafts is that but really both of these teams the expansion team and the existing club are making a gamble both of them are there's there's both a a risk and and potential reward right for for both of these teams i know that there is like a there's a perception that it's just you know the expansion club is going to be the one to come out the winner that's not true right (laughs) If history has shown us anything in this league when it comes to expansion teams, they're not the winners (laughs) coming out of these type of events. Okay. So I just think in an unprecedented time where there is a double expansion year, you do your best as a club to try to negotiate some type of roster protection from at least one of these clubs. And then when you're, when you're looking at how it's all finally said and done and dusted, you're just left there sort of blinking with your like, you know, your chin, your chin on your hands and you're just kind of like, what, what just happened and why? Right. It's, it's a lot, it's it's a lot to give up. Um. And again, a ton of what was alluded to within this release was that a lot of this was due to player requests. Right. And then that's right. another angle where you're looking at it like, well, that's just, that just makes people feel kind of sad. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of well, like, you know, I think you yeah. had a great reaction to it. I think, Claire, when it immediately happened, you were just like on the one hand, it's like, yes, you're respecting players' requests. On right. the other hand, it's like maybe make this a place where players want to be.
1: Wanna be. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think that's an unreasonable request. And this is where we get into, I think, um, and we're gonna talk about it, like talking about the stance of local one three four versus the stance that we've seen from management. Um, where it's not unreasonable to want the club to be. I mean, we, talked, we struggled with this on the field this year. It's not unreasonable to ask that the club play a style of soccer that makes people happy. It's not unreasonable to ask the club to take care of its players and, and take care of its staff. It's not unreasonable to ask the club to be a place where people want to stay. And this is where we get into this kind of you know, gnarly territory where it's like, well, we talked about this last week, you know, part of the history of the Chicago Red Stars is, is, is a his is a history of players asking to leave. And for a long time, that's been talked about in a way where it's like, oh, well, that's on the player. And I'm like, well, no. And, and, and so you don't get, you don't get a pat on the back for letting someone walk after you have eroded a relationship with them. That's not as magnanimous as the club. Again, I'm just play, play oh my gosh, I can't talk. I'm just <laughs> I've had too much coffee. Um based on the press releases, right? That we talk about that sort of verbose uh uh verbiage in in the press releases. Um yeah, it's I mean the whole thing's just tough. I mean <sighs> And again, it's just like this weird value system where you look at that Angel City trade, which is so excessive and seems to be purely based on player relationship. Why, and then when you do that, that diverts all these other assets to San Diego because you've given up so much to Angel City. You know, so I don't think you can say, oh, we needed to do this to protect Tierna Davidson and and Mal Pugh," because if we had gone through the expansion draft, San Diego would have taken Pew or something. Okay, give San Diego Julie Ertz. Like, what is going on here? So
0: let's maybe like do this a little bit to trans to, to transition a little bit from this transfer window into events that took place yeah. post the transfer window and then the Red Stars recent news um about their roster. So let's let's put on our own GM caps here, right? And I think you and I will probably have like similar scenarios here because of how we've been like covering the team and how we've, you know, sort of looked at things in the landscape. But if I'm the GM of the Chicago Red Stars, if you're the GM of the Chicago Red Stars, if we're the tag team GM team for the Chicago Red Stars, I'm sorry. That's, that, that's what comes with an expansion year. It comes with the gamble. It comes with the risk. It comes with the reward. So there have been if you're Angel City and you're Chicago, there have been years now. There have been years to prepare for this moment. San Diego kind of coming in the, in the later stages, but for Angel City, there's been years to prepare for this, right? <clears throat> so if you now know that there are two teams, I'm sorry, I'm making a move with at least one team for some type of like full roster protection because we now know we saw a lot of teams making partial uh, roster protection, but full roster protection from at least one team. And if my rules are that I've got to protect nine players from Angel City, I'm sorry, I'm absolutely without hesitation protecting Tierna Davidson, because the young legend is the future. And I am 100% without a doubt protecting, at the very least, Morgan Gutra, Sarah Waldmo. Aaron, right. And I'm going to throw in. Before the conversations happen, I'm going to throw in Sarah Gordon. Right. 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 Yeah.
1: Right. Well, you obviously
0: have conversations before this expansion draft comes up. Right. And that's not even protecting a full nine players. You're allowed to protect nine. We're just throwing out like five right now. So. With those conversations, if you want to honor a player request, leave Sarah Gordon unprotected. Right. You you dare dare Angel City to take someone of, you know, a, a Pew or you know if we're talking about allocated players that are left off a Kruger a Pew right, um, you know, a, a players nayer,
1: who who as far as we know are are happy in Chicago right are if happy wanna, in yeah,
0: Chicago yeah right, right? a a nayer, you know you leave these you leave them there. You leave them there. You, you dare them to do that. And I'm sorry, at this point, you have to make peace, right? You have to make peace as a front office that the public will to make their debates on the, the yeah. win, the winners and the losers in this right. space, right? You have to make peace with that. That's also part of your job, right? Is making the decision and sticking with that decision and taking what comes with it. Right. So you absolutely, I'm a hundred percent. You absolutely save. I absolutely save Turner Davidson if I'm in the if I'm the GM. I I try to throw out at least a core five, not even nine. You know, and try to go for and you and and at this rate, if Julie Ertz is on the radar, then yeah, you leave her unprotected. Yeah. Right. And the rules also state they're only allowed to take one. Right. If they if they select an allocated player, that's it. Yeah. That's it. They can't. And then and team then,
1: team. if you still have players on your roster who would like to go to California, you pick up the phone,
0: you yes, call what? the, the California team
1: and you say, Hey, what do you give me?
0: The trade window opens back up after the expansion draft. It right. opens back up on the 17th, the day after. Right. Losers, man. Yeah. They don't, they didn't win this one. They didn't. I mean, it kind of is pass. what it is, right?
1: Like it's, I, I, And, and, and I want to be clear that, like, it's we're not arguing. Her,
0: yeah. It's weird to sit here and talk about that a yeah. little bit. Because let's be real. The history that's shown us in the past of Chicago Red Stars, they win this. Right.
1: Well, it also speaks they to, have. like, it speaks to, we talked about this last week. It, it speaks to just how unprepared, and again, just blows my mind, unprepared Chicago was for the post-Rory Dames era. They, oh my God. You know, like, how you hold on i mean you you stick with Dames for so many years and again from the outside you hope that the reason for that is because like he is well liked and people like working for him and with him and he's really important for those player relationships um and when it turns out that that's not true but you just held on to him maybe for his really tricky soccer brain or, you know, the writing was on the wall, as far as we know, right? Two investigations over years, plus this reckoning we've gone through this year. I And now they're doing this because they weren't ready for it. Yeah, it's and, sort and, of, um, yeah, go ahead. I think that's, I think
0: you're, I think you're actually touching on a really important factor here that I don't think has been talked about enough maybe like post these traits is that it kind of kind of has a little bit of that aura that kind of has that's that that whiff or that sniff or that smell of there was a little bit of maybe lack of preparation for that right and that's also not great right considering i just put a timeline on angel city right
1: yeah and and i do want to say like we are really happy that these players had their wishes met. Like that is the, another element of it, right? Um uh, yeah. the the team, the league does not have free agency yet. It should. Um, players should be allowed to negotiate with other teams. Um yep. and and all I think all of that is a factor here. But I think our point is that we've seen other teams be able to facilitate that without this. And then I think the other point that we're making is you just don't want to be a club where so many players want out. And so it it's a difficult thing because we, we want, we want players to be able to go play where they want to play. And you also want a more equitable system where if a player doesn't get their wishes, it's not the end of the world, right? Like there should be a, a, a middle ground where it's not, you know, get this, this deal going to California and like sitting in the club where someone was verbally abusive for years. Like there shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to choose between those two things. You could have something where like, oh, you know, you didn't, you didn't get the transfer that you wanted and you're disappointed. And maybe this club isn't your favorite and you would have liked to go to this other one, but it's okay. You're getting paid and well enough, you're getting taken care of and, and you'll grind it out for another year and then see what happens. Right. And so it's hard to even talk about this on a soccer level when these differences are so stark and these players are so desperate for a fresh start, um, which again is just, it, it sucks that, that that is what Chicago has turned into, you know? So oh, maybe let's do this too.
0: In a, in a transitional part. Julie Ertz, Sarah Gordon, Katie Johnson. Mackenzie Doniak, Nikki Stanton, Kelsey Turnbull. So like some have been here a real long time, right? Some we hardly knew yet. And I know that you and I did our content planning for this and we didn't want this to turn into like a farewell to, you know, pay homage to certain things, but we did want to try to Take a look at one player and, and really give them their their spotlight. And we both agree that that player was uh Sarah Gordon. And this is a player who's been with the club since she was drafted in 2016 in her uh departing remarks, uh, you know, within that press release, and also under her own personal social media channels, just the difficulty in having this moment arise in her career. That's uh that's not easy. And I think Claire and I can both relate to that and understand that that something happens when you're a Chicagoan and you leave this city. Uh it's like it's a moment where it's like you're you you know when you're making that decision it's because you know it's time, A and B it's it's the next right thing for you. But it's because of those things <laughs> that make it so incredibly difficult to leave a, a place as special as this. So sort of taking a look at at Gordon's departure from, from this club, uh, we did want to sort of hone in on this player and extend good luck and best wishes and thank yous, right, to this player who has put in a massive amount of work into herself and by extension into this club. Um, quite frankly, yes, they're losing a very talented defender, on their back line, but this club is not going to ever replace what Sarah Gordon brought to this club in terms of her activism, in terms of her selflessness, in terms of her kindness, and in terms of her care. Uh, That is something that you can never, ever replace in a future player signing.
1: And when you talk about a player's work ethic, um, And I think this is a conversation that we have a lot, especially in, in women's sports is not everybody has the capacity to do all these things and there's room for that, right? There's room for players who need to just be players. And, and I think that there has to be, you know, I think you should, you know, unequivocally support the causes that your teammates are passionate about, um, demonstrably, but I think not everybody one of, one of Sarah Gordon's great gifts as a person is the ability to do many things at once well, um, whether she is on the field or off. And again, I think the Red Stars as an organization relied on that a lot. Um, they're running their toy drive right now. That was a Sarah Gordon original. Yep. Um, that toy drive is benefiting uh, Share Our Spare, which was the organization that Sarah Gordon worked with this year um her influence on the team is still there even after this transfer um and again you talk about who supporters want to support and what you want this club to be and that was personified by sarah gordon she took a lot of responsibility there which allowed a lot of other people to not have to do some of that stuff work. Yeah.
0: We'll just say there are a lot lot of other people not do the work.
1: Right. And that
0: that happens in this space that happens in women's pro soccer space. Yeah. You know, it's someone, there's a central person who's passionate about these things and they're doing the work and the people are trying their best to support them and their work. Right. And that's what it turns into a lot of times here. Right. And for Chicago, that really was Sarah Gordon. So now it's, you know, it's, yes, they're keeping it going they're They're continuing that legacy via CRS cares wanting to still do a toy drive and still support, you know, the initiatives and and, and the programs that she, you know, brought into the club really. Right. So that's nice to see. Uh, I hope the toy drive is a, is a success. Um, But Angel City. That's why. That's also why you're looking at this, these moves, and you're saying you're the winner.
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: right. You're the winner, just because of, of of the type of player this is, and of course the headlines have been extremely disrespectful and have only been highlighting right. the fact that Julie Ertz is is the big name tied to, uh, you know, this trade, and and we're already seeing you know a tragic erasure right of Sarah Gordon, but I know that the good folks out there on the internet are not gonna allow that to pass. Um, but they're absolutely uh, getting a top-notch defender and they're getting an even better person in that, right? And um, I think a lot of people who found themselves fans of this club, by extension, have absolutely found themselves as as, as fans of, of Sarah Gordon. Um, and that is also equal to a very special type of player that a player can have that support, follow them no matter where we go. And you really only see that with like goat level type players, you know? And there when she comes out there who are just, there are people out there who are just fans of LeBron just because, and there are going to be people out there who are fans of Gordon. Just because.
1: It, it, it's going to, and it all, it's going to be all love forever. Right? Like when she comes back here, you know, she's getting a big round of, I mean, like it, it is, you yeah. know, and, it, and, and we, we talked about this a little bit, like, she's from Chicago. She's not just like a Chicago red star. (laughs) She's like, she's from Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) So everything she does is also Chicago, you know? And so that doesn't change. Um, she's not a suburb. She's like the, (laughs) she's not Naperville, right? She's not elk. Grove, she's not, yeah. she was born in Chicago. Yeah. And she, yes, she went was. to DePaul in Chicago. And she, you know, I just, for me, it's like, you know, we're here to analyze the Chicago Red Stars, the soccer team, but I do not feel like Chicago, the city, lost anything here because. Nah,
0: nah not at
1: all. You know? And that's it's what the embodiment really matters of, at the end of the day. It, it really you know? is. At the end yeah. of the
0: day, it's like the embodiment of Chicago over everything, right? And that's absolutely right. Sarah Gordon to to a a, a T, really. Um, so there's there's a lot of folks, that It just sort of we just sort of saw it coming. I mean, me putting it out there that Sarah Gordon was on the move and you just start. So you started to see people's reaction to it about 24 hours, you know, when it came before it became official and, and you can already just sort of see like people were just like, nah, this ain't it. And, and it's sort of funny to sort of see post finalization of that kind of deal that included Julie Ertz and the reaction was still oh my God, it's real. Sarah Gordon's leaving. Like that tells you the type of connection that this particular player ended up having with your core season ticket holder type of fan base more so than your, you know, star United States women's national team club captain, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it just sort of resonates differently. The Chicago fandom is built different, I guess, you know, in that, in that capacity. Um, but you just sort of saw it. And, um, you know, I I am thrilled on, on, you know, in terms of just like the, the individual player. I'm absolutely thrilled for somebody like Sarah Gordon. Um, and I'm because by extension, that makes me thrilled for somebody like her son, Caden. Yep. So I I absolutely cannot wait to see both of them head on over to Angel City and thrive. And let me tell you, Caden L. Gordon is Chicago's most handsome son. <laughs> and if Angel City does not put put, put Kaden on the way they intend to put Sarah Gordon on, there's yeah, going to be true. problems. Yeah. You got to put both of them on, y'all. Angel City, you got to put both of them on. Let the influencer campaign begin. Let, let kick it off right now. Um, I want to see him get all the deals, too. So um, here's here's the here's the Sarah. Here's the Sarah Gordon always being from Chicago yep. forever and ever. Amen. Uh, so let's, uh, move on, move on a little bit, obviously with all of the news, news circulating with the, with the player movement, um, and all of the news coming out of the club in terms of what's going to happen with their head coaching search, because there actually hasn't been a lot of information on that either. Um, in light of all of the player movement and in light of the trade window and in light of two very big draft events that are going to be occurring very soon um that there hasn't been somebody announced as uh the head coach and those interviews i'm assuming are are ongoing um because of the many statements that have come out from the club they have alluded to such um but chicago supporters group um local 134 have also been making some statements of their own um they are the sector of fans, uh, their most ardent supporters um, that have been watching and sort of paying attention to everything going on. Um, And post trade window, the supporters group came out with an additional statement. Um, And I'm just going to go ahead and read it because I don't want to misquote anything here. Um, It reads as follows. It says, uh, it is clear to us now that the Chicago Red Stars as an organization cannot move forward and make changes with Arnhem Whistler as the controlling owner. We also know that Arnhem was aware of the pattern of abuse inflicted by Rory Dames. The fact that Rory remained employed by the Red Stars and therefore was able to further abuse not only Chicago Red Stars player, but also the greater Chicago soccer community is unacceptable. Arnhem's refusal to put his name on any club statements or to otherwise speak out himself demonstrates his inability to be accountable and to lead the club. The Red Stars need leaders who will take responsibility and be held accountable. Arnhem has failed in this regard. It is clear that the well-being of the players was not a priority for Arnhem of the Chicago Red Stars organization in the past, and we do not trust Arnhem to keep the players safe moving forward. As a result of this erosion of trust in Arnhem's leadership and his failure to be accountable for his actions, Local 134 makes the following demand. We demand that Arnhem was to present a concrete plan for selling his shares by December 31st, 2021. Until Arnhem's shares are sold, we will not complete payment for our season tickets or buy merchandise from the team. We are demanding change. And this went out via 134's uh, social media accounts, um, on their Twitter, they tweeted out saying, you know, if Chicago is getting a clean slate, it needs to start from the top. And then they went ahead and they uh, tweeted out this post, um, text image to go along with it. So this, this coming, um, just a couple of days after the flurry of a player movement that took place for, chicago red stars and um you know as far as supporter groups go um and what we've seen out of a lot of different club supporters in 2021 is that they are taking on this type of role in terms of you know trying to place pressure or the appropriate at least appropriate pressure on um, you know, people in positions of power. We've seen that come in the past The years in 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 the past from uh, Cloud Nine, you know, the Sky Blue, and now Gotham FC supporters group. We saw that happening with the Riveters out in Portland. We've seen that happening with the Spirit Squadron for the Washington Spirit, and we're seeing that um, roll out and, and unfold before our eyes with the Chicago Local One Three Four for Chicago Red Stars. So. I think a really important thing to highlight here is obviously the, the demand um, based and they're basing that on what they say is an erosion of trust and, and leadership. Um, So they want, uh, they would like to hear a concrete plan for his eventual selling of his shares and they put a a deadline on it. So, uh, and on top of that, they're tying money to it. Right. Which is a very, very big thing as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we, we know, we know one, three, four leadership and they are not unreasonable people. Right. And they are also people who care very much about this club. And, um, the thing that sticks out to me here is this is kind of like, you know, the, the way Chicago sort of handled the last half of this season in terms of just sort of waiting and, and not being super prepared of of the event of of what has occurred in terms of of public information about Rory dames and also him leaving the club I think that one three four what they're saying in this statement and they can tell me if I'm wrong is they're saying that trust didn't actually need to be broken here arnhem Whistler did not need to I'm trying to like put this in the right way there's two parts to this statement. There's, there's the issue of the what we do or do not know about the fostering of an abusive situation, right? Um, now, it seems like from what we've seen, and again, no real public statement, but we've seen some sort of personal missives coming out of the club saying that that part's not true. They would never foster abuse. Um, we're seeing some, some pushback there. Uh, but the second part of this statement is I think the really important part, which is that it's what they're seeing happening right now that is, has led them to this. It's not just the Washington Post story. It's the lack of statements with Arnhem Whistler's name on it. It's the lack of, again, public on record statements of accountability or structural change. Uh, there was, we saw Sarah Spain tweet about how she can't say anything right now it's that idea of of 134 seeing in the wake of all of this a really concerning vacuum of leadership public accountable on record leadership that is why they are doing this and so when you see pushback of a personal nature of you know this isn't the way to do this uh i'm we are not bad people the club did not foster abuse it's missing the point you know it's like um uh, the the best the best time to have dealt with this in a restorative way would have been years ago right but the second best time is to do it right now and it's because 134 is not seeing that that this is happening because I don't think they came to this lightly. I don't think that this was something that they just got kind of mad about and then made a statement. I think that they thought long and hard about this over the course of weeks and they don't want personal assurances. They don't want, you know, correspondence that they can't point to. They don't want that. They want everybody to know about what the club is going to do better. And also they kind of wanted this not to have happened. And I think that that is also a fair stance you know
0: yeah i uh i don't think any supporters group comes to that type of conclusion or beginning depending how you want to look at it sure um lightly i'm in 100 percent agreement of you right. with you and we like i pointed to like as we started this segment pointed out so many other supporters group has also like been an underlying theme when they kind of present a, a bit of a movement of their own, right or a demonstration of their own is the difficulty in weighing the pros and cons in doing that. My God, I remember with this the spirit squadron and supporters group, they were like struggling with that because of their presence, you know, being essential to really the players, you know, on the pitch. and and the players also kind of expressing that as well. like actually, we, we need you guys. Right. <laughs> like, like we, we need you in the stands. We, you know, we need the players need that support. So it's this balance of like, you know, protecting and supporting the players while trying to look for accountability and, you know, ensure that the appropriate channels like are are in place. And if there are plans, what are they? Right. Because not just the supporters group wants to know, they want the, you know, the public to know. So it's, a. Uh, the timeline of events has, has been has been quite something. Things have blurred into in, into each other. Um, but th- this, like I said, we're we're at the point where this sort of came out post right um player movement and trade window. But I, I'm not too sure if that is the only thing that, you know, propelled this, uh propelled this
1: statement. Right. And and I think also, you know, I've I've said this before in, in other channels. And I don't, I mean, I say this truly, I don't know the answer. Um, I think we are uh, supporters find themselves in a tough position where the ultimate thing they can withhold is their money, right? And I think we've seen other supporters groups really struggle with that fact and actually struggle to take that final sort of nuclear step, right um with the understanding that it is true that the that lack of support from the outside exacerbates these issues. but, I'm sure the way 134 is feeling right now is they're like well we've stuck around <laughs> through thick and thin for a very long time and this bad thing still happened. And so there they feel like probably and again I'm this is this is what I'm taking away from this. I have to state cannot state enough that this is my own personal opinion and what I am seeing from the outside is that if the club themselves are not pushing for change than one, three, four has to. And ultimately I don't think they want to not go to games next year, but they want the club to change. And so I get it. Like, I get it. I really do. You know, I don't know.
0: I, uh, I don't know. Do you, I mean,
1: Sandra, do you have a stance on like, I don't know. I'm sure you thought about this a lot too. Like the dollars element. Cause it's always, you know, it is, it's like, PA says you got to keep supporting. You got to keep engaging. Yeah, it's it's um it's tough, right? It's um
0: it's tough. It's an yeah. absolutely tough and heartbreaking, I think, position. Yeah, that a supporters group sort of finds themselves in because the it's, it's the revenue, right? Man. It's the revenue that sustains the club slash the players, right? You know, so it's um. It's a tough, tough position to be in. I don't, again, I'm just going to say that I don't think that that's a decision that was made, you know, lightly right. in any capacity. Um, but I could tell you, this is what I could tell you what we know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What
0: we know is that it 100% elicited a response.
1: It did, yeah.
0: That's what it did. And so when you... Share these things on public platforms, right? Um, you open that up for response, yeah, right? Um, and that's what happened with 134. So, um, despite uh personal account settings, uh, owner Arnhem Whistler's uh, private account uh, has been screenshotted and shared on the grand internet, um, because, uh, he responded to the supporters group, um, to this statement directly, uh, and it reads as follows. It says, I would never condone, hide, or participate in abuse. Offered to sit down and chat weeks ago to share facts and plans. Got no response. Twitter isn't a solution. For 14 years, we have worked with you and many to build this club. Your approach is hurting the club and staff. And um, as far as we can tell, Claire, as people who cover the space, that is probably the first public statement directly tied to primary Red Stars owner, Arnold Whistler, right? Am I, yep. I correct in that?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Because everything else has just sort of been, you know, coming out of official club statements is just the Chicago Red Stars said or the club said via the Red Stars, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, So naturally. um, Again, despite people's personal preferences on, you know, wanting to remain, uh, you know, keeping their settings private in a certain capacity, you're still publicly publicly responding you're still responding in a what's considered a public platform and um as much as people would like to control the internet just can't really be controlled right. like that um so you know i know you and i aren't trying to get sued um so that's just sort of what we're you know we're presenting both of these uh statements a statement that was made in by one group and a statement that was made by another and i think i also for the type of podcast that we are I think it's also really important to include another one. Um, but so much so that this, this statement that came from the supporters group apparently rang so powerful that it elicited not only a response for the very first time from Martin Whistler, but from former player and former Red Stars captain Lori Kolopny, who wanted to... Respond to this statement as well and say, "I love you guys, but I disagree with this statement." Arnim is a man of great character, whose contributions to the NWSL and to the growth of the sport are immeasurable. I encourage you to reconsider these demands, and would be happy to speak with you to share my experience. So we have not one, but two responses from people who are, uh, I guess, could be considered uh, have prominent places in Red Star's uh club culture, right? So one is the actual literal primary owner and the other is Lori Gluckney, who again was really the cornerstone of the team that was uh built around. Well, I know a lot of folks maybe pointed Julie Ertz in that and, and I'm someone who also has done that because as far as the Red Star's NWSL era, um Julie Ertz was the beginning piece of that when she was drafted in 2014. Um, but Lori Kolobny was the player and team captain for the Red Stars uh, during a time where the NWSL didn't exist and during those inaugural years, right? Um, and obviously these two statements got a lot of feedback because, again, that's what happens when you do this in a public space like this. Um, but disappointing. And that's all I I have on it. Um, I don't have a lot much more than that. Seeing seeing these two responses, I was just like, oh, well, well, that's disappointing.
1: I mean, yeah, um, I, I, you know, it's kind of like what I was saying before. I think it's a misunderstanding of the situation, which I think um is concerning to me because I feel like if if those within the club don't understand what the problem is, I don't know how they can fix it. Um. I think there is this concern about, and I'm just using Kolopny's words, right, about Arnhem Whistler's character, which if we're arguing about that right now, I, again, don't really know how we can get into, like, how do we make this club a safe good place to play um that's so it's like this this team can't be the personal extension of one person's character and if that's where we're operating right now i don't know what the solution is you know
0: yeah
1: um and then i think there is this issue of on record versus off i think the club continues to offer off-record assurances, personal phone calls. um, And that is not what 134 is asking for. Um, And so I'm like, well, when you're given an ultimatum like that, you have two options, right? You can acquiesce to them or you can not you know, in the same way that one, three, four does not have to give the Chicago red stars their money. Whistler does not have to, you know, quote unquote, have to respond to this by doing what they've asked for, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I just don't know what, what is the, what's the end goal here? You know, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. And I think that, um, none of this and by that i mean the responses by whistler and colupney are productive towards making the club a better place um it's yeah. defensive i agree
0: right? 100% and then i agree 100% yeah. yeah and that's and that's why my initial response and reaction was just like oh
1: yeah <laughs> right
0: that's disappointing right you know cuz it just is and again cuz you know for people who maybe aren't keeping up or choosing to you know listen to to every episode every single week but you know within the reporting via the Washington Post about Dames and and his time with the Red Stars, two of the players that went on record sharing their experiences are black identifying women. Right. And there's a very, very, very long history and present Mm -hmm. history. Of white women talking over black women and their traumas and experiences. Yeah. And I just gotta say, if nowhere else, it's Southside Trap. We are not about that shit. Nope. So, while I don't disagree that Lori Kunlebny probably had a much different experience. In her time with the red stars in regards to Rory Dames and Arnim Whistler, she can have that because it's her experience. The fact of the matter is that there are multiple other players ones that went on and off record who have stated otherwise. And what we're not going to hold space for is white women wanting to come in and say, well, what about me and mines? That's not what we're going to do here.
1: (laughs) Right. And again, it's concerning that they don't understand that, right?
0: What happened to all that learning and unlearning? Right. 2020, where'd that go? What happened to that? I remember covering this team literally 18 months ago and watching them and seeing them put out statement after statement and trying to put out action after action about what they were going to do to ensure that they were always going to be a club to make sure that they were doing the work. Now we're almost in 2022.
1: And this is what we're seeing. disappointing and i think that that's me putting it very nicely yeah i mean like people can tell that we're kind of fed up too right you know (laughs) this isn't an episode that we really wanted to do ever uh but you gotta tell the truth right and you gotta reflect the moment accurately and this is a really dark time for this club
0: oh yeah absolutely um, Let's maybe close it out on, on soccer a little bit. The Red Stars, after making all these moves and their owner and former captain making public and semi-public statements, uh, had to release uh, some some roster information. A lot of clubs are, are putting out their, um, you know, whether or not they're exercising extensions on certain player contracts, if they're waiving certain players, so on and so forth. And the Chicago Red Stars um, went ahead and and set their roster ahead of the expansion draft and the NWSL draft. So the way they put out in their most current press release, which is actually today because Claire and I are actually recording this on Wednesday, December 8th, when it dropped, uh, they listed all the following players as part of their current roster. And that includes forwards Rachel Hill, Sarah Lubert, Alyssa Motts, Mallory Pugh, Khalil Watt, midfield Daniel Colaprico, Vanessa Di Bernardo, Morgan Gatra Ella Stevens, Sarah Waldmo. Defenders, Tina Davidson, Casey Krueger, Tatum Malazzo, Zoe Morris, Kayla Sharples, Bianca St. Georges, Aaron Wright, and goalkeepers Alyssa Nair, Cassie Miller, Emily Boyd. So I think maybe earlier at the top of this episode, Claire, we were talking about those silver linings that the club has been sort of uh rehashing out and i'm not going to act like they're not um signing tierna davis and casey krueger a listener and mallory pew to club specific contracts is a big deal and those are absolutely players worth protecting a and b retaining on your roster so i am i hope thrilled. they're getting paid a
1: lot <laughs> i am know. thrilled
0: for them and i hope they're getting paid a lot of money yeah <laughs> to be chicago red stars players yes and uh, excited to cover them in yeah. 2022.
1: Straight up, yeah. Um, Yeah. No, no I mean, it's, it's a good, it. you know, we're trying to be fair. Like, yeah, it was a good move. Um, Again, one that I think was going to happen. I think all clubs are going to have to do this eventually. Uh, Chicago sort of ripping the Band-Aid off there is good because I do think they have been held hostage in their own ways due to that allocation fear, right? Um, So get that done, right? Yeah, I mean I was I was counting I was counting the current roster, you know. They they have like 19, 20 players still. They they do have bodies. It, it's not like uh it's not like they've got 12 people rostered right now or anything like that. Um it, it just doesn't make sense on paper at this moment, um in terms of being competitive with with everybody. So uh yeah, I yeah, maybe this is a good place to end this, which is, you know. Tierna Davidson, Casey Krueger, Aaron Wright, um, Sarah Waldmo, Morgan Dutra, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Kaylia Watt, Mal Pugh, um, that's your team, man, you know, that's the Chicago Red Stars, and we have always tried to balance, um, we do, we do had to do this a lot in the 2019 off season, right? You have to balance what you want and, and with, and what you got, right. Cause those players deserve to be reported on too, you know, they're not nothing. They're really not. Lots of really talented footballers there. Right. Um, who they hire as the coach is going to be very important. Um, oh yeah.
0: I think, putting out the roster like that yeah and having people see it is very very important yep the good end roster man yeah there's no fans or butts about that yeah that you look at that midfield court and you still say that's one of the best midfields in the league yep 100% yep hands down and um for me I think the initial perception of this this window in this week was that it's a disaster for the club it's a fire sale they're bleeding right And I think they're actually moving into not the expansion draft, but the NWSL draft kind of sitting in a very good position in terms of their current roster in place. And I think with those two perceptions, the one that's kind of a a tire fire and the one that's actually very promising on the one end, the tire fire, you're like, yeah, you absolutely maybe look for a culture hire. You look for a culture hire to, to get, the fans re-engage in the coaching position. And maybe somebody like Laura Colopney is on your list. Maybe somebody like Julian Stitch, you're going to give her that opportunity. Right. Depending on whether or not those
1: those people even want it. Or, or yeah, I, th- thinking- I think if they well, that's a big one. I think, yeah, if, if that <laughs> yeah. is a job that they maybe want.
0: you're maybe yeah. you're thinking is like, what if we start having conversations with, these, with right. these folks? Right. And that's if you're the tire fire. But honestly, I think you lean more into the that silver lining that you're pushing out, because if you Are putting out this roster, and your pitch is hey, come to the Chicago Red Stars and coach Trainer Davidson, Alyssa Nair, Mallory Pugh, Casey Kruger, and one of the top four midfields in the league. That is smart, too,
1: man. That is a smart team that will work with you. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. They are absolutely a promising, promising job team (laughs) like that's as promising you're looking at that if you're a coach that's maybe looking not so much to take like the next leap like oh like I want to be you know but if you're a coach who's sort of been in this for a little while and you're like I want to win I want to get to a team and I want to win you're looking at the Chicago Red Stars vacancy
1: yeah right
0: I think if you look at their roster you're absolutely pitching that um so we'll, we'll see we'll see there's there's still some unknowns there right yeah um NWSL is a weird place, man. They want to say that transfers and loans don't exist, but they've got somebody like Sarah Luber in yeah. Liga MX me nil. Yeah. You know, Kayla Sharpels is in is in uh, is in Australia right now. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's it's a weird vibe and interesting time. But um, we're we're gonna see. We're and I think we're gonna have an even better picture. I think post NWSL draft, how that looks. I don't know if the Red Stars come out with a coaching hire. Before those, before that event, they don't have to worry about hiring a head coach for the expansion draft. They traded themselves out of it. Yeah. Are they, well, they should be about hiring having- two
1: people? This is another thing. They shouldn't just be hiring yeah. one person. They should, well, they should be hiring like five people. They should be hiring a head coach, yeah. a general manager, a player experience manager slash operations manager. They should be sporting hi- director. Yeah. They should be hiring a sporting director. They should be hiring. They need a new head of high performance. They need yep. more assistant coaches. They don't have enough right now. They should be yep. hiring. Man, this is another thing too, where you talk about change. In selling the team. Yep. If, if the team cannot afford to hire the staff that they need, that is reason enough alone to be looking for new managing partnership, to be completely honest. Yep. Because that's nothing's going to change if you can't do that. Yeah,
0: and I think obviously trading themselves out of the expansion draft, that's one thing, right? But they still got an NWSL draft uh, to take a look at. And who and what and how that team is going to look in terms of leading the club through that is still a question mark, right? So that's something that we're going to keep an eye on and see what's what's going on. There are other clubs that entered their offseason season with head coaching vacancies that have already filled those, you know, we're seeing Sean Nahas get tapped for North Carolina, Um, Orlando pride already announcing Amanda Cromwell. There's ongoing conversations with Chris Ward in the spirit to move from interim to head coach. Um, And this isn't the only NWSL head coaching job out there. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what, what ends up happening. And and I know we'll be keeping an eye on it uh, as always for, for everyone. Um, I want to thank everybody <laughs> for for joining us today and listening to us and in, in our rambles. I know these last couple episodes have been um, a little bit on the lengthier side, but uh, a lot has been happening, and when a lot happens, that means we got a lot to say. Yeah. Um. So we want to thank everyone for for joining us as always. If you have uh, appreciated us and our work and what we do here,
1: Claire. Yeah. I also real quick just want to say, um, I I do want to a, a little personal message to our patrons who have not only stuck with us here but we've gotten some really lovely messages from the community that is struggling with this emotionally as well. And yeah. I, we haven't gotten a chance, I think, to respond to everybody personally, but we see that stuff and we really appreciate you guys. And, you know, we're all trying to get through this together. So I just wanted to say that because I, I see all the messages. Um, I think everyone has been very emotionally vulnerable and very kind, <laughs> and you're just like, damn, this community is great, and I want yeah. this team to uphold the values that they themselves are upholding because, yeah, you know, it's it's very moving to me. So I just wanted to say that real quick.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you 100. Um, percent That's why I always try to, you know, I always try to do our best to to thank everyone um, at, at the end of the episodes here because you know you don't have to come here for your content. You don't have to come here for your coverage, Um, but you do. You make the choice to do that. And we just want to let you know that we really do appreciate that so, so much. Um, If you have enjoyed what we've been talking about, painful or not, (laughs) um, please know that there's a ton of ways that you could support us. Uh, The most direct way to do that is via our Patreon, Southside Trap Patreon. Go check it out. There's a number of tiers and subscriptions that you can take a look at, starting at $2 all the way to $25. They've got all different kinds of perks. Find one. Choose one that works for you. If not, we understand completely. Things are hard financially all over. Uh, but you can support us in a lot of different other ways by following us on uh, social media accounts. So you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Southside Pod with one letter P. Uh, like, retweet, you know, engage with all that stuff on social media. We appreciate all of that as always. Leave us a, a rating, a review on streaming services. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Uh, That stuff helps us out so much whenever we're creating these episodes for you all. Uh, In the meantime, continue to stay warm. It's cold out there, y'all. Wash your hands, wash your face, wash your everything. Still a pandemic out there, y'all. Get vaccinated when asked. Get your booster if you are able. And as always, uh, continue your support of Black players and Black life. And Claire and I will be back with you with another episode detailing uh, Chicago Red Stars' off-season brigade.